And we are all set. It's Tuesday, which means it is Triumph Tuesday. We're going to chat about some things on triumphing and how you triumph and what you look for to triumph. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss, live with two. This does. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. I'm feeling amazing with everything I've accomplished thus far. And yes, it is Triumph Tuesday. And in the tagline, uh, when I'm going live, I'm the one at the controls. Yes, I do like to say that. Um, it's been you know, almost two years. You've got to let it go. Uh, well, I still, I still like being at the controls, but that's okay. When, but when I do go live, <laughs> when we go live, I should say, um, you know, you can always, you know, put in a tagline or what's it about. And obviously I put Triumph Tuesday and then I usually put a little something after that. And sometimes I don't know what to say. And there was a little bit of, of a lag time and I, and I'm like, oh, progress is progress. That has obviously um, a personal and a heartfelt message for me. Um, so I want to hear what, um, what is progress? What does progress mean for you? Triumph Tuesday. Well, to me, uh, progress just means being open-minded to say yes, open-minded to put that foot forward, open-minded to take that chance, even you're not really confident in the outcome. Because it allows you to experience maybe a pivot in your journey, maybe an accomplishment, maybe a goal, even maybe a triumph that you really were not expecting. You did not think you could maybe overcome, achieve, push through. And I think we tend to think of goals, the word goals, the word progress. In this monumental achievement that we have to see it through on that moment or that first try or that first day even that first hour and i think the words progress in goals sometimes seems so un unattainable so that is why we really stress on triumph tuesday that triumphs they could be big so we're not discounting and we're not canceling out those that have been working for years to achieve it. It was a big monumental goal. That's part of also Triumph Tuesday because you had a lot of triumphs within that time frame, within that journey to get to that ultimate big prize, big goal. But many of us get stuck. Many of us stumble. Many of us get distracted. Many of us don't think we're worthy. Many of us don't put the effort in in any given moment. And when you triumph over the small things, you realize little by little, those small things add up to that bigger monumental, big goal, big achievement. So that is why we embrace Triumph Tuesday with any little thing. You know, we even give the example of someone that struggles, maybe has an autoimmune issue and they can't get out of bed. And today was the day that they did get out of bed. Maybe it was so many people are still living in fear over the pandemic and FYI, there is no more pandemic regardless of what you hear. 
the pandemic by a numbers perspective based on uh, the world uh, was basically over in June. So the numbers didn't from June forward have decreased. There has been some surges, but that is related directly to those that either were vaccinated and or just people getting the virus and recovering. So the numbers have depleted in the amount of deaths. That is a great triumph. That is a great thing. That's actually a huge triumph, what I consider a huge triumph because one death is too many. But we, you know, we, we, there are so many people out there that haven't even left their homes. I was actually talking to one woman who really, this was like her first week of actually going out and going to the grocery store. So think about that. How many grocery shopping trips you've taken in the past year and a half that have really impacted and really, really ex you experience the kind of different aspects of going to the grocery store under a pandemic. You know, who can remember the first times going in there and you were like basically wanted to mask up, right? Uh, because you were living in fear of what they were telling us. Now, obviously we know a lot of what they stated sadly was not true. They, they didn't have correct information or we had some people in leadership that just weren't didn't have the full transparency that the American people deserved. So you look at that. So even just going to the grocery store and for somebody else, I may say, really? It took you a year and a half to go? Like, Lordy, I've been back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But for some, that was a huge fear that they had a triumph over. You may have somebody that we always talked about years ago. See, I, I, it, it, it's kind of crazy, mind-boggling. Some of the statements or comments or little slogans little mantras, little things that we stated that really don't apply, but how many remember the freshman 15 when you started college and you gained that 15 pounds? Well, of course, now there's the COVID or the virus, you know, 25, 35, 45, 55 pounds and more. Uh, you know, how many, you're, you're seeing now a surge, which I think is kind of cute. We're seeing a surge of babies being born. The triumph over living that fear and still deciding that you wanted to be a mama again, a dad again. So there, you know, all little triumphs lead to bigger pieces of the puzzle of your journey. And you just don't ever want to discredit them, I think. That is so true. And you know, you brought up some really um very pertinent uh facts about when people have that fear to go out to go to the grocery store for them to walk in there with the sense of things are so different you know is everything going to be the same that that really is a big deal and i actually <laughs> um felt that for some people um i think i chatted about the time when it was right before they took the mask mandate off in connecticut to go into the stores so it was two or three days before that, and it was a Saturday, and I was in the parking lot walking in, and there was a gentleman who was probably 150 feet away from me and said, hey, hey, you don't have your mask on. And <laughs> I thought about that for a moment when you were chatting about that. Now, that was somebody who um, obviously was elderly, so they have a lot more to be concerned about, right? They they probably have, you know, some health issues, 
But just think of the fear that that person felt when they saw me with no mask. So those things are real. And whether we agree or disagree, whatever it may be, in that moment, that fear was very real to that person. That person did not know how to maybe, I don't want to say be out in public, but to, you know, um, see me without a mask was very frightening. So I think you have to kind of, in certain situations, put yourself in their shoes. Um, <laughs> I remember some other times too, that, you know, some, some people have to learn that part of thriving is also respecting others' space. So funny that you, you mentioned about that mass encounter, which was what, probably over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, you know, obviously in Vegas last week and I had a very overweight, and when I say overweight, she was, you know, very overweight. And I wanna say it's, it's, it's you know, I, I, it's hard when you have someone that's elderly or appears to be older and they're overweight. So it's very hard to judge their age, but I'm gonna guess that the woman was probably in her seventies and she got up from, and I remember just why I, I noticed her, I'm not even sure why. We were walking in the lobby, she got up and she had her mask on. I had a mask on because in the lobby, I would say I wore it 30% of the time, but I wore it in strategic areas like by security. Otherwise I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't believe in mask mandates. So, but I did have it on, but I do have a difficult time as most people do breathing in it. So I, you know, I had it below my nose. Now, obviously when you're on the airlines, you have to, you know, and they will, they will come after you if it's not quite up there. So I try to make sure that I got one that forms around my nose, but I try to make a little tent to open it up so I can breathe. And this woman walks by me and, and she was taller than I am. She, I'm going to say she was probably, you know, maybe 5'10", very large woman. And she approached me in such a way that was like literally in my face. She did not, you know, which I thought that was kind of funny because you're, you're, so what she did was she actually came towards me pointing her finger at my face. And she said, put that mask over your nose. And she proceeded to get in my face. And obviously I wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, John's next to me, my friend Kristen's next to me. What is going on with that woman? So we kind of giggled at first. And then I turned around and she just kept pointing at me. And she was with two gentlemen. And I finally said, very respectfully, but I did say, look in the mirror, number one, don't talk to me about your fear of something that is going to impede your health and wellness when you're obese. And, you know, that's being accountable, which I think is a, another segment that we're going to go into with triumphing over things, but respect your own space. And I, then, I, then I said a snarky remark, because of course I had to. Are you the Nazi mask police? And then I just walked away. Like, you know, you weren't, you're not an employee of this hotel. Uh, you don't know me, you're a stranger. And you're lucky that you encountered with me because there are some crazy people out there that might not have been so kind in their response. Even though mine at the end was a little snarky, uh, it wasn't, you know, said with 
not meanest. It was just matter of fact, are you the Nazi police of, of mass? So I think the hard part that some people have a hard time triumphing over is getting lambasted, getting lectured, getting confronted when somebody whose appearance is not healthy. And when you know that our own world is not addressing some very serious health causes of that impede other health issues in your life, that is obesity. So a lot of people have to triumph over those unnecessary, unwanted people entering into your, your bubble, your space, and not respecting your space. And how ironic that if you were in so much fear that you know my mask was down a tad, because my nose was still kind of covered, but it was like at the rim, that you entered into my space. And, I, and that, that was one of the other things I said, you're not six feet apart. You and know, those are things yeah. you have to triumph over someone's behavior. That in itself is difficult sometimes. Yes, because, you know, think of the person, like in, in your case, that person coming towards you, that was totally um, unexpected. And, you know, reminds me uh, last week, as a matter of fact, when I went to see Ryan and walking into the um, emergency room there and there were some people with masks and some without, but I mean, it was so crowded and it was like a can of sardines. And then being told that I was not gonna be able to, you know, initially see my son. And uh, I'm like, uh, what? And the guy was not wearing, the security guy was not wearing a mask. And, you know, just, you saw, I guess what I'm trying to say is I observed all these people in this packed room like pointing and this and that. And, and I just felt like, my gosh, have, have, we, have we come to the point where we don't respect people's um, spaces? Um, people definitely were not the six feet apart. Um, and while I realized that it was an emergency room where I was, you know, I, I think that behavior issues, in other words, that person who came toward you, what I have a problem with stuff like that is obviously she was in your space, totally uncalled for. But it's when your fear, when your fear overrides or you want it to override what I, what my beliefs are, how I feel I should protect myself. That's where I have a problem. And I am also thinking of a particular incident where, and I'm not gonna name names, of course, um, some people that I know were walking into a store <laughs> and somebody they knew was walking out. And, you know, the person was like, hey, how you doing? And before she can even get the, hey, how you doing? Are you vaccinated? Oh, I, you know what, if this yeah, person yeah, do this, if that person did that to me, and I think you had come up with this or somebody that you knew had said this, where's your colonoscopy card? Did you get did. your colonoscopy? Yeah. Okay. It was you. All right. Come on people. Like Really, like you're out in public, you obviously were in this store, you were coming out of like, a, I think it was a, like a 
Office Depot or one of those kind of stores, you're in the grocery store, you don't have gloves on. Um, obviously, you're wearing a mask, so kudos to you. If that's what you want to do. I totally respect that. But let's be real, you're out in the fresh air. Um, there's like nobody around you other than the people that I know that were um, going into the store, you were walking out and there was plenty of space in between us. I, ha I have a big issue with that one. Are you vaccinated? And what was, the, what was, what was their response? Um, well, the person just gave a look, uh, yeah. gave a look and said, you know that I'm not, well, then I can't, you know, we have to, uh, she just walked around and did her thing. Let's yeah, I, you know, it, it, well, when you think about that, and how, first of all, how sad that is that that person's behavior, um, you know, from my perspective, I wasn't even, I don't care about the six feet. So even though she was in my, my face, I wasn't in fear of her. I just don't like somebody in my space. I have nothing to do with the virus. It's just a respectful thing that you, you know, you're, you're, you're at a, I don't want to call it a safe zone, but a, a way to articulate, to articulate and communicate in a respectful manner. When you have somebody, you know, taking their body and their, their hand and their face and they're darting towards you, that's an aggressive move. That is not a peaceful, let's have a dialogue. So that's where I have the issue with somebody coming in your space because they're usually coming in quite aggressively. In this day and age, sadly, we don't know what anyone's intentions are, especially some of them we don't know aggressively going towards you. And while I said, she's lucky she chose me to be that way, there are some crazy people out there that you don't know whether they're carrying a weapon. You don't know what their psyche and or intentions of whatever is or how they're gonna perceive your aggressive move towards them. So that's why I say it's always nice to be respectful, you know, of each other's space. And it has, for me, it has nothing to do about the virus. I mean, obviously if the person was coughing and hacking, even without the virus, I've always, you know, if I noticed somebody's got a cold or whatever, you know, naturally, I mean, germs are passed. So you do try to kind of back up a little bit, but I think that's the piece of respecting the person. And even again, if she felt the need because her fear kind of overtook her mouth and her head and her brain and her heart, uh, there's a right way and a wrong way. But again, you know, I, you know, I probably could have said, oh, I didn't realize you were on the, the hotel payroll. You're on the hotel. Can you show me your, can you show me your, your ID for employment here? Because sometimes you got to think a little quick on your feet when these altercations, and that's what that was. It's an altercation. It's not a pleasant experience, but you have to know how to be postured and, and don't walk away without saying anything. They need to be put in their place in a respectful manner that what you did is not okay. You do not go up to a stranger in an aggressive manner uh, and put your, your hand in their, you know, their face and, you know, have that stance of going forward, like you're gonna attack them. You just don't do that, not in today's day and age. We are in an environment where we're very sensitive 
through not understanding. I mean, this is not the good old days of America where your neighbor, um, you know, that you didn't know came over and asked you for a cup of sugar. And that's how you kind of introduced yourselves. People are more leery now and rightfully so, because sadly the way our world is operating, there seems to be no recourse for people that are aggressive that way. You know, we've seen it in our own eyes over, you know, what's happened over the years with uh, riots and, and looting and destroying and hurting people and even death. So uh, the other thing that you can triumph over when someone talks about vaccination would be, uh, and sadly, you know, it, it's, it's such sad news when you hear uh, that obviously there are already ramifications for the FDA's approval of five years old and older. I, th I believe it was last week and um, we were at Pickleball or my husband was at, because John was at Pickleball and he was, there was, you know, we have a virus COVID sign up there, which is very, obviously very much outdated. And a gentleman was reading it. They got into this conversation and he said, well, things are going to get better now that the five-year-olds and up are going to be vaccinated. And John said, well, you know, my grandchildren are, will, will never touch that thing. You know, it's poison. We don't, you know, they're, they are the demographic that recover if they get the virus and their percentages are so small. And I think the conversation led into the side effects and how do you kind of overcome this conversation? And so this is a good tip for everyone because this is fact-based. Love dealing with fact-based, like not only fact-based, but fact-based of information that I, I'm directly know that it's fact-based. Sadly, a 14-year-old little girl, and I consider 14-year-olds still a little girl, took the vaccine, uh, this is in Massachusetts, and three days later it has passed. This just happened within the last week and a half. And that is an example of, for me, if someone was to, you know, are you vaccinated? And my probably response for someone like that is going to be, I believe in choice, but if you need to know my information, first of all, there is a HIPAA law. If you need me to recite it or whatever, I can gladly, you know, give it to you. However, people are concerned for the unknown risk and there are unknown risks. And I'm really tired of people actually calling it a vaccination because a vaccination implies that it cures, it prevents whatever is out there that you're going to receive. This juice in the arm does not prevent the person receiving it from getting the virus. It only either diminishes the impact that it has on your system, or it uh, shortens the time frame that you are impacted with symptoms. It does not prevent you. So a vaccine prevents you from getting something. So I'm really tired of the word vaccine, number one. That's kind of my pet peeve that I've got to triumph over. But what I would have said to this particular gentleman when the conversation led into the, the topic of side effects, and he doesn't agree that there's side effects, I would have said to them or him at that particular moment, is a 14-year-old getting the arm juice, dying three days later, is that counted as a side effect? Because sometimes you need to be really put down in, in, in a 
respectful way, but in an impactful way that maybe it will open their eyes. Because like we said, one death from COVID was too much. One death from the vaccine is too much. The vaccine, because I, I don't believe it's a vaccine. That's my personal opinion. I'm not a scientist uh, by any means, but my understanding of the research that I've done on the meaning of what a vaccine is, this is not doing that, especially now when there's an overabundance. I can't even tell you how many thousands, tens of thousands or more, it's actually way more than that, that have had the vac have had the virus even though they were vaccinated. So that's why I don't call it a vaccine. I, I, I haven't come up with a clever name for it yet, uh, but I will. But if someone does research on what the, the definition of what that word means, you could arguably say that it's not based on the numbers, certainly by the numbers of people that are actually succumbing to the virus, even though they were. Uh, big point in uh, to bring out, Raggedy Ann or Pippi Lockstocking or whatever you want to call her. Peppermint Patty. Pepper, yes, she has, uh, she has the virus and she's declared that she's been arm juice. There's a perfect example of someone who's been really pushing it. So I would like to say, you know, again, how's that? You know, whatever the concoction is, we don't know. The truth of the matter is we don't know the side effects. And for someone, again, it goes by choice. You try to educate. We do that. We triumph over that all the, all the time, educating people uh, on just opening up your mind to help you make that choice that is best for you. Sometimes the choice is not going to be what somebody likes, and you have to still respect that that's their choice. But I think the line is drawn. And for those that have decided that they're waiting it out to see more research or they're just, you know, there are people that are anti-vaxxers out there. There are. There's a lot of people out there that are anti-American that live in America. There are. You know, again, it goes to freedom of choice. And I think somehow the freedom of choice has been used against for a, a more communist type of feel to for good for all. Our country is not based on what is good for all. Our country is based on freedom for all. Definitely freedom for all. And there's a lot that I could say about uh, the arm juice, specifically uh, the one that begins with the letter P and specifically as relates to my son, Ryan Scott. I would say that I before was definitely pro-choice and I still am as far as that goes. People do have to make uh, the right decision, um, hopefully based on you know a chat with their healthcare provider, whatever that may be. Um, I'm obviously very sensitive to that. And although there's a lot I could say about it, um, I could probably certainly go off on a tangent um, no doubt, but the bottom line is I personally, um, and on a family level, not just me, um, my family um, has not only seen what my son has gone, gone through, um, and that's been very um, heart-wrenching, um, but that extends out to um, family and friends 
of us and and also um i'm not gonna lie how it's affected me um so there's a lot i could say about it but what i will say is just please if you are if that is something that you're still considering really have the have that conversation with your um with your family have that conversation with your healthcare provider and make the choice based on what you feel is best with you hopefully after you've had those conversations um and i <laughs> as far as triumph tuesday goes i do want to share a little something that i triumphed over yesterday we all have electronic calendars right I'm going to this calendar, that calendar, you know, I've got my written. Well, I was finally able to figure out how to connect all my calendars within my Google calendar. And it worked. Don't know how I did it. Can't even explain how I did it, but what then I- you know how, Then you know how to me then, what the hell? Well, you know, I, I probably- on, I, count on, I count on her for all the, uh, she's the queen of apps and she, I, I, that's one thing I will say that you triumph over because you have the patience to get through that. I would be like ready to like throw the instrument away. I have little patience for that stuff. And that's not my, that's not my wheelhouse. Um, I could maybe do one app at a time, but frequently you often work on different systems, different apps all at once to kind of make them all juju together. And I commend you for that because that's a gift. A lot of people just, you know, for me, if I can get one app to work correctly, I'm triumphing over that and I'm embracing that. And I'm almost positive I can remember how I did it, but I was like, oh, let me try this again. I'm like, wait a minute, if I did it this way. So I think the bottom line is I triumphed over it and I was like, yes. So now I have basically one electronic calendar, yay. And that's that. So I'm very happy about that. Triumph Tuesday, go out and make it a great one. It is a little chilly in Connecticut here today, but it's bright and sunny. Um, the colors are just beautiful. Um, taking it all in whenever I go outside, take it in, breathe that fresh air. And on that note, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0, and I am with two sisters and this is carol sue aka naughty boss about to get some movement in which is always good to get up get that blood going get that heart pumping and what are you going to triumph over today maybe it's making your bed maybe it's stumbling over that fear and just kind of taking that leap over and going to that grocery store maybe it's not wearing the mask maybe it's reaching out to that person that you've been at odds with and you were so afraid to contact them because you got into a little tiff but you really do care and love about them, that's a triumph because sometimes that could be a little nerve wracking, but whatever it is, embrace it. And when you reach over that triumph that you realize what a good feeling that was, you're going to thank yourself. And you're also going to, it's going to give you the courage to triumph over other things. We wish you a great triumph Tuesday. We will see you tomorrow. We have a guest tomorrow, Jan, right? Yes, we do. Um, and we're excited. He's a, a new guest. Um, and he submitted his, uh, application through our website. So if you're interested in being a guest, go to our website, www.twosisters.online. And that podcast is actually at 10 a.m. tomorrow. So we will be just a little late. Um, we're excited to have him on. His name is Chris Templeton. 
and oh, the stories we tell from a male perspective. So we're really excited about that. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.